0: Um, I don't know if you heard this thing. In Denmark, we used to say that, show me your bookshelf, and I can tell you who you are. You know, Meaning, like, this is what you read will influence who you are. And then I got another sentence the other day, that uh, I said, show me who you surround yourself with, and I can tell you who you can become. Okay? Because of... Uh, I, I don't... Uh, have you heard this... Uh, saying that it says, uh, bad company ruins good character. And, and I think that one of the things that my parents was really worried about was when I grew up was, uh, <clears throat> has, was more to do with who are my peers, who do I fellowship with, because of no matter what you put into them from home, uh, the way society goes is very often that it's the people you meet outside of home that when at the later stage has a bigger influence upon you. And, and I believe this is the same in the Word of God, but we have to understand that you know, we've we, we grown up in a culture where it's me and Jesus, it's me and Jesus, it's me and Jesus. And, and that is true to an extent, but it's also important to understand that we also, just as you have an individual value, there's also a collective value. I have an individual responsibility, but I also have a collective responsibility. Like when I came to England, one of the big shocks I had when I came to England was, uh, I have never seen poverty before I came to England. Uh, so when I drove from Leeds City Centre through uh, an area in Hare Hills or Chapel Town, and I just couldn't fathom that how can people live in a society where some people are so poor and then five minutes later we are living in where they live, which is completely different. And, and I have to say, sad to say, you know, over the years, I think I got blind to it. Now I don't see it. But the thing is that, that it's important that it's not just all about us is uh, as individuals. That is important, but it's also important that we realize we have, we have a collective responsibility. And, uh, and I was, you know, if you remember King Solomon, <clears throat> he was, according to the Bible, he was the wisest man on earth. And one of the reasons for, you know, the uh, reason for why God said he was the wisest man, it was not because of every time there was an issue, he had the answer. That, that was not why he was wise. That was what I used to think was wisdom. But the, the reason for why Solomon was wise was because he knew who to listen to. Okay? You know, that uh, like me, like when, when people from other churches come and want me to counsel him, I always say no. Because of, uh, have you noticed when someone present a case to you, they are always the good guy. You no, know, you no, know, but when you hear about, you know, especially in in marriage counseling, I remember we had a woman in the church when we when we were in Leeds that uh, every time we had prayer meetings, we always had to pray for her husband because her husband he was this rather the other, you know, uh, after a while I thought she married the devil or something like that. <laughs> And, uh, and it was really every time my husband done this, my husband done that, my husband did this and so on, actually, I should have actually asked her, why did you even marry him if he was so bad? Okay, but anyway, after a while, I finally got to meet him. Okay, and I'm telling you, before I met him, I was covered with the blood of Jesus. In tongues. You know, because see, I was going, I, I expected a man in a black suit with a long tail and with a big fork in his hand because this is the image that he had portrayed to me. And uh, to my surprise he was normal. You know, and I actually said to her, the wife, where I said, actually it's not your husband who is the problem, it's you. Yeah but, yeah, but yeah, but I go to every prayer meeting, I go to every conference, I go to this, I said, yes, and that's the problem. Go and be a wife to your husband and a mom to your children. And she couldn't understand that. Okay. But the problem was because she had listened to wrong advice over time. Because people who have heard her story, and, and of course, if you only hear her side of the story, of course, she's she's in the right. You know, just like if you and I, we have to bring our case to someone else and we... Because we're not going to tell them the story from their side. We're going to tell it from our side. And uh, and, and so, but because he listened to the wrong advice, he never got a breakthrough. King Solomon, <coughs> we know about after he died, because we see the story with his son, there's this incident about that, uh, uh, shall we raise the taxes in Israel or shall we not? And when Solomon's son he goes to his father's advisors, Notice, now Solomon was the wisest man on earth, but because, it says, he went to his father's advisors. So the wisdom of Solomon was not that he had the answer to everything. The wisdom of Solomon was that he had the ability to listen. But not just to listen, because you can listen to many voices, uh, but he had the gift to listen to the right voice. And sadly, Solomon's son, he didn't listen to his father's advisors, so he chose to listen to those who are at his same age, so uh, same generation, and you can say that uh, those who have the same issues as him, and uh, and sadly he acted on their advice, and from that moment on, the decline of Israel and Judah as a nation uh, started to fall apart. Okay, and uh, and so Solomon never uh, Solomon's son should actually have become wiser than Solomon, because uh, uh, because Solomon's son he should have started where Solomon finished. Okay? This is always God's plan that, that our children should not start where we started. No, they should learn from their mistakes. We should learn from ours. Okay? Because, uh, if you know, as I said, it's one thing to learn from your mistakes. It's far less painful to learn from others. Okay? Anyway, uh, you can see King Saul, remember King Saul, he was anointed by Sol, uh, Solomon, Solomon, no uh, Salomon, <laughs> and Samuel, uh, Samuel, yeah. And uh, and when Sal, uh, Samuel said to him, "Wait, and, you know, don't do the sacrifice, don't go into battle before I have come to do the sacrifice." Now, Saul, he was anointed king of Israel, and uh, but I I don't know. Have you ever noticed with God? he's like, I, sometimes I think God is a woman, because he's never on time, <laughs> you know, he's always late, okay, you know, but I don't know, in my early days as a Christian, I, when I had to pray, God, you know, you need to come through, you know, uh, something, especially if, if it was with money, it had to come through at a specific date, because that was the day I needed the money, and you know, uh, God never came late, but he, uh, he definitely never came early, Okay, this is where I got all my white hairs from in these days, but, you know, that, uh, that God always came just on time. I said to God, could you just come a little bit early for once? Because it's really hard this thing that uh, yeah, I... Anyway, but Samuel, he in the eyes of Saul came late. And the crowds, uh, the, the army around King Saul, because Israel couldn't, were not allowed to go into war before the sacrifice had been made because of that signified that God was on their side and God was with them and the blessing of God was upon them. So they didn't dare go into battle unless the sacrifice had been made. So, so what happened was that Saul, he came under pressure because people wanted to do something. And what happened was that Saul started listening to the people instead of to what God had said through Samuel. Because And because he listened to the people, what happened to Saul was he actually entered into an area that he was not supposed to enter into because the king was not allowed to do the sacrifices. You had to be a priest or a prophet to do the sacrifice, just like that. We have to be careful, you know, you see the same principle over and over again, that uh, every election, have you noticed that every political party, they are fighting about getting that celebrity and that celebrity to endorse their policy, so to speak. And uh, you can you can find a music pop star, whatever, rock star, whatever it may be. He might be completely stoned, had no clue about politics. So they "Oh, yeah, vote for this." And when the majority of people say, "Oh, yeah, he's famous, he's voting for that," so I will vote for that too. This is like how human nature works. And uh, and and what happened was with Saul, he made the mistake because I'm anointed in one area. Now he thought I can do all things. OK, you know, but I, you know but I heard preachers who are really anointed in one area and that's where God have called them. But where we go wrong is that when we start becoming experts on other areas. OK, I have a friend. He's a great evangelist and he's not a good businessman. Uh, he went bankrupt quite a few times and so. And lo and behold, I, I was told at a, at a summer conference he had a workshop. How to how to make God prosper you? I said, like, come on, you are you you bankrupt so many times. How do you know? But because he was anointed, he was an anointed evangelist. He thought now I'm anointed in all areas, and I'm telling you where people go. You no, know, we don't. the you know, where people go wrong, we don't go wrong because of we make a mistake. You no, know, we we don't go wrong because we fail. I actually heard a good one. Fail is. You know, when you fail, it's first attempt in learning. Amen? So we never fail. It's just first attempt in learning. Anyway, but where we we go wrong is not when we fail. It's where when we get diverted into thinking we can do something that we can't do. Okay? And And just as it's important that you and I, we know what we are called to do... It's also very important that we know what we are not called to do, okay? You know, don't come and ask me for women's advice, you know. I'm not, uh, you know, no matter how much I pray in tongues, don't come. I'll probably come up with a wrong answer, okay? I, I, I'm still traumatized. When I went to Bible school, we had a woman coming and teach us about how to be a man. I'm telling you, it was like get beaten up for a whole morning, because, uh, oh, yeah, you men, you need to do this, and you need to do this. And, you know, after, you know we, after a while, we just got smaller and smaller and smaller because she told us everything that was wrong with us, okay? That's not the way it works. <laughs> but, uh, but the thing is that it's so important that we know what we are called to and also know what we are not called to. So, like, when people come from other places and ask me for advice, I always say, I'm not qualified, do you understand? Because I don't know you. Either you know, the only thing I know is your 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 presentation of the side, which might be right, might not be right. But I'm not qualified to to give you advice because all I can work with is what you're telling me. Okay, that's why that you have witnesses at a wedding. Do you do you know? It's because of you have someone that is it's not emotionally attached to you who is a witness to what you have made a decision about. Okay, because if you somewhere down the line, say, oh, I'm not married, I was crazy. Yeah, yeah, I know you were crazy, but you still got married. Okay, so that's why we have witnesses for these things. But anyway, back to this thing. Saul, he listened to the people. So the people, they start pressurizing him. Do something, do something, do something, do something. Have you noticed when... Uh, uh, we have something in our human nature when we get frustrated, when we we're impatient or something like that. We have to do something. I notice women when we get frustrated, we start cleaning. I don't know. Maybe it's just Yen. you know. We we, we you know when we got married, Yen and I, we had these pla- we got these plates with patterns on. Now we're all white. <laughs> to, because every time, every, I, I, know, I don't know if it's a, you, my mom, the same, she always started doing the dishes when she was upset. And, uh, and, uh, but, but the thing is that that pressure, have you noticed that that pressure can come upon us. And, uh, and that same pressure that came upon Saul, the, the army said, do something, do something. Oh, Samuel, maybe he's not coming, maybe it wasn't God, maybe it wasn't God. And, and Saul came under the pressure, he listened to the warm voice. And what happened was he gave in to the people and sadly that was the day that Saul lost the authority as the king because he listened to the wrong people. I remember with Matthew when he played football and uh, I said to him that every time you are the best player in the team, I'm moving you on. okay? Because when you are the best now, (coughs) it's very difficult for you to develop. It's the same thing that I like to surround myself with people who are brighter than myself. which is not very difficult, okay. <laughs> but, uh, but why? Because of when you are with people who have done more than you have done, who have achieved more than you have achieved, who knows more than you know, they will influence you. It might look like I'm always the dummy in the company, but actually I'm the one who's progressing. Because I'm learning. I'm learning from that voice. Uh, because of who do you choose to fellowship with, okay? Who do you choose to fellowship with? And, and sometimes we as human beings, is, is an, I remember, I think, uh, I think it was Paul Scanlon I spoke to many years ago. He said this thing, because of uh, he said, it's very funny. He said, in this big church of ours, he said, people who are rebellious, they always find one another. <laughs> they don't even need to know each other, whatever, but he said, over the years he noticed, because I was asking him about, hey, how is this guy doing, he said, oh, he left the church, how is this guy doing, oh, he left the church, oh, how is this guy doing, he's left the church, it was like a, a train station, everyone, I said, oh, how is he doing, We left. But the thing is that, he said, it was funny that people who who were not happy, they always managed to find one another. and when. When accelerate their unhappiness. But the thing is that I noticed that in my Christian life is that it's so important, who do I let my ears listen to? Because of Christianity is about growing. It's about growing. You know, the Bible says we should go from glory to glory, from glory to glory. It doesn't say that we as believers, we should just be at status quo, and just survive and then one day Jesus is going to pull us away or whatever be, is going to happen. There are many theories about that. But, but the fellowship, the people we choose to fellowship with det- decides who, h- how far we can go. Okay? That's why that you know, one of the tasks that we have to one another is that we have to encourage one another. Do you know and you heard me say this thing about encouragement is not about bringing comfort. You know, sometimes we're using the word that uh, when we say, oh, that encouraged me. So really what we, say, what, what we are very often say is that it, it brought me comfort. But what, it, but what we should do is that we should bring comfort, uh, courage into one another so that we keep pursuing the path that God has given us. Not, not, not to, not to, we, we shouldn't use one another to seek pity or comfort but one, what we should do is that we should encourage one another so that we can fulfill the ways that has been put in, in front of us that is what a true friend is I'm telling you can, can, when, Peter, when Jesus said that he said to the disciples that he was going to be crucified and so on and when Peter, the loving Peter he said to them you know, that should never happen and if you look at it from that point of view, Peter was a loving guy. He wanted to def- avoid that Jesus was going to be crucified. Can, can you imagine when Jesus, he turned around and said, get behind me, Satan. Can you imagine, uh, I, do, I wonder if a church ever, can you imagine, or oh, what happened today, the pastor called us all devils. I'm telling you, be, you will be, you'll be on the front page of every newspaper, whatever, But but, but what Peter was trying to do, he was trying to bring comfort, but what he should have done, he should have brought him encouragement. He should have brought him strength. He should have said, yes, you can do it. Okay. And when P- Jesus says to him, you're only concerned of what is of men and not of what is of God. And this is where we where we need one another because we all get in situations over to, from time to time where we're losing the track of where is it that we are supposed to go, where is it that God wants us to be, and so on. And that's where we need one another not to comfort us into to backtracking, but we need one another to put courage into us so that we keep moving forward. Everything that in the body of Christ is always about growing, always about moving forward. Amen. It's so important we understand that this is why we need one another to put courage into one another. But someone who say instead of comfort you to stand still, no, you need people around you who put courage into you to push you forward. Instead of saying, oh yeah, just relax, no, you need someone to say yes, you can do it. Just like as I told you, the midwife when you're giving birth, that. You know, the midwife shouldn't just tell you, oh, I, have, I know you've been pushing for a while, just relax a bit, you know, have a cup of tea, have a biscuit or whatever. No, but just relax, no, because now you are in the process of giving birth. Now you don't need, a, you might say, oh, this is a nice midwife, She really comforting, she's understanding, she gave me a biscuit, a cup of tea, but I lost the baby. No, but she has to, to encourage you to keep pushing. And it's the same thing in our Christian life is that for our flesh it's not always comfortable it's for our soul it's not always comfortable because in, in our human nature we prefer comfort over work Amen I, I, Majority of people they say oh wow it's Friday what do they mean by that because now we is coming. no one says oh wow it's Monday morning This is, what amazing oh hallelujah this is great I have f- five days ahead of me of work I don't know, where, when I was young, there was a song called Blue Monday. Remember, I don't think there's any song called Blue Friday. Okay, Friday is always about, now. No, we're going to do our thing. And But the thing is that we each have a role to encourage one another. Because all of us will have so-called setbacks in life. Okay, if you have a setback in life, okay, welcome to life. But, that's where, but but if we're dealing it with ourselves, we always think, oh, I'm a failure, I'm the only one. When we look at everyone else, it just looks like their life is just on, 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 a, on a straight path to glory. To no, no one lives a life like that. But that's where we need, when we have a setback, when we say, no, 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 put, uh, dust yourself off, move on, keep pressing, keep pressing, keep pressing, because you will see your breakthrough. Those we call champions today... Uh, you can you can Google it on YouTube. I don't know if you can understand it. You remember Sylvester Stallone? You know if he can be a movie star, anyone can be a movie star. You can't understand a word of what he's saying. Have you ever? Every movie, Rambo, Rocky, when he when he at the end, he always gives this long speech, with no one understands. <laughs> but he said, have you seen this? There's a scene where he meets his son and. Uh, and when uh, his son, he complains about, ah, oh, you're my dad, it is so difficult for me because you're my parents, blah, 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 blah. And then Rocky, as well as he gives him this speech and say, you know, being a champion in life is not about how hard you can hit. Okay, he said, it's about how hard can you get hit and still move on. Amen. This is what a champion is. I'm telling you, you can look at men, you know, we we, we can all have a great uh, people uh, that we admire and so on but I'm telling you their life was not like everything was just easy for example one of the uh, person I guess everyone uh, maybe I shouldn't say that because we're living in a weird world but a person like Nelson Mandela everyone think oh he was amazing he's Chris you know but look at his life he spent most of his life in prison you know his greatness did not come by oh I'm Nelson Mandela I can do this well we are but and, you know, and he was not perfect, even when he came to Leeds. I can, I still can't, he, Leeds, he came to Leeds. I probably, he's done that hundreds of times anywhere, you know, he, he probably, he didn't even know what country he was in, nevermind city. And when he said, I'm so honored to be given the keys to this beautiful city of Liverpool. <laughs> <laughs> At least he didn't say Manchester, but, <laughs> okay, but no, he said, so even he was not perfect, okay, but But I I just found it. I I just couldn't stop laughing. Oh, I'm so happy I got it. But his greatness was not birthed out of comfort. Was not birthed out of everything was easy. But what 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 made him great? He did not quit. When when you have when you have (laughs) set something in front of you, you know what? It doesn't matter if you have to crawl in the direction. If you have to fall in the direction. Whatever you have to do, just keep going. This is what fate is. Fate is not that everything is easy and oh you no, know, when you read, have you ever read testimonies when say it's always like, yeah, and I, when I had this situation and when I prayed to Jesus and blah, now it was breakthrough. I went when you hear it, that didn't happen for me. And then because we have that expectation, we're thinking I'm on the wrong track. No, that's not how it works. You know, champions—you can take them one by one in the Word of God. None of them had what we would call an easy life. And the thing is, what what do the devil do to us when we are under the pressure? He always points us to someone else. And say, oh, see how she is doing ours. She don't struggle at all, and, and maybe she, well, and you—you struggle. Look at your life. Oh, she's completely straight. You—you you must be off track. And no, that's why the Bible says, don't look to people, look to Jesus. Okay? Look to Jesus. Uh, and uh, so, so Saul, he gave into people his advice and he lost the kingdom. Okay? You know, but it, was, it was an amazing thing in, uh, I think it's in Chronicles, there's a passage about uh, uh, it's called when, 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 when David uh, escapes from Israel. He comes to a cave, which is called Cave of Adullam, and in that place, uh, there are people who are joining him, and do you know what it says about these people? They were all indebted and bitter, and basically life has been tough on them. But these 120 people who joined David in the Cave of Adullam in the beginning, because they stayed with David. Later on, we read at the end of David's life, these are the one we're calling the mighty men of David. Nowhere, it wasn't just David who killed a giant. Do you know why David took five stones? It was when he killed Goliath, when the brothers came, he had four more stones. <laughs> Amen. That's why, you know, there, was, there were four others. And you know, as I told you some Sundays ago, it was quite interesting that you remember Ruth and she had a sister-in-law and then Naomi, she said, you know, you go back. And the other sister-in-law, she went back and she became the mother of Goliath. So when we go backwards, we create problems. But Ruth, she, she went forwards and she created solutions because she became the grandmother of David. Amen. Uh, what was the difference? Ruth listened to her mother-in-law. Oh, oh, no, 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 I, I, I cut that out. <laughs> God, good thing my mother-in-law doesn't understand any English. Okay, <laughs> but, but because of she, had, uh, she, she acted on the right advice, she gave birth to a solution. The other one, she looked at the circumstances and said, oh, there's no prospects here for me. I'm going backwards. I'm going back to where I came from. And now she created a problem. Okay? Anyway, so... uh, uh, If you have your Bible... Just turn to Acts chapter 1 and verse 11. Um, Now, because of... uh, of, uh, This is the ascension of uh, of Jesus. And... uh, and then it says which also said you know let's for no let's go from seven verse seven which is Jesus and he said unto them it is not for you to know the times of the seasons which the power have which, which the father have put in his own power this is about the return of Jesus okay Uh, But you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. Do you know that the disciples were so focused upon, when is Jesus coming back, when is Jesus coming back, and whatever, so on and so on. But Jesus, notice, he moves them back to the earth. Being a Christian is not so much about you going to heaven. Do you understand? Being a Christian is that you need to get heaven to earth. Uh, this is what Jesus, when in Matthew six, when he teaches them about prayer. What is that? Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. But here, the disciples were still, oh, when are you coming? And when Jesus said, no one knows. And and, and, I, and I'm always amused about that. You go, you go on YouTube. You watch Christian television, you whatever you watching, they all you know, they all know when Jesus is coming back. And here the Bible says no one knows. So, so how do you know? And I, I, I said to a pastor the other day that if I had a pound for every preacher who have died, while they, and while we were living, said that I believe Jesus is coming back in my lifetime. I will be a millionaire by now. Okay, you know, our concern is not about Jesus coming back. Our concern is to get the kingdom of God to manifest here on earth. Amen, but you know but when people look at you and me, they should see the kingdom of God. They should see Jesus. They should see the, the blessings of the kingdom be manifested in your reality, in your life. Amen. It is so, it's not about that we're just surviving, and then one day, swoop, we're gone. It, it, I, I'm not even thinking that what the people say is the rapture, is really the rapture as we understand it. Okay? Uh, I think that, you know, like, there, there's so many crazy things about it. Anyway, so, but he says here in verse 8, But you shall receive power. But you shall receive power. Amen. You you put that in your own Bible and say, I have received power. Amen. I have received power. I I, I used to say that too. I have received power when I meet my mother-in-law. <laughs> no. <coughs> I have received power. God, you because it's about life here on earth. If you go through the Bible, the Bible doesn't talk a lot about heaven. Why? Because it's about here. You know that, you and I we are created to live on earth we're not created to live in heaven we create we're we, we not Mormons you know uh, have you ever read what the Mormons think about eternity it's just that you will get your own planet that's why the Mormons are allowed to marry more than one one wife well, what is the founder Joseph Smith or something it was a 70 or whatever wives he had. It was just crazy. Can you imagine Have 70 in-laws. Amen. You think your family is crazy? Every family is crazy. Can you have 70 in-laws? Oh. Anyway, every family is crazy. It is not just yours. Okay. I was just reading about um, uh, the royal family here in England. It is just a crazy family. Okay. You know World War One, you know, remember World War One? No, you're not, you're not that old. But when World War One started, the Tsar family in Russia, no, they, that's the royal family. And the royal the Chancellor, the royal family in Germany, the royal family in UK, they were all first cousins. And uh, the the last Savina in Russia, she was the great auntie to King Philip. No, sorry, Prince Philip. You know, you know Philip. Mm-hmm. And so, it was, so, so you talk about a crazy family. That family didn't get along, and out of that, 70 million people died. You know, so it's not just you, you might think your family is bad but not as bad as these families okay? but anyway it's this way, it, you shall receive power because God's plan for you and I is to manifest the kingdom of God here on earth not about having our heads in, in the cloud and say oh Jesus come back soon or something like that. and then come up in a new theory about the, what the, the horses means in the, in the book of Revelation the, the last one I heard was uh, someone said oh some translation, it says co-owner with the white horse. So I said to him, so why didn't you say that 10 years ago? But the thing is that everyone will always want to make the Bible explain what they know. And I'm telling you, no one knows what they mean. I'm telling you. Because we... we, we because... You, 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 you have a culture, I have a culture, which means we see things according to who we are and we interpret things according to who we are. Just like uh, 13 is an unlucky number in the Western culture. Uh, what is it I saw in, in Brazil? No one, 24, I don't know why we come up with these weird things. 24 is the number of homosexuals, don't know why. So no Brazilian football player wants 24. Okay, But you can say something over and over again I and mean, then people think, this is, in Chinese culture I was told that number 4 is the unlucky number. And, uh, and you can take that in anything. That's why, uh, let's stay out of this thing about the symbolic meaning of the Bible. Because you can only go wrong. Because yes, you might get something out of that to, to feed your own soul or whatever, but it's not biblical. You know, like in some cultures, uh, the color gold uh, yellow is like divinity. In Danish culture, uh, yellow is, uh, is betrayal. Okay, so, so you don't give yellow. If you give yellow flowers to someone in Denmark, that's not a good sign. Okay, but can you imagine another culture? Oh, this is divinity. Yeah, but here it's betrayal. Which one is right? None of them are right because it's just human culture. And then we can, we can see, sometimes when we read the Bible, when we start, oh, we, we try to look for something in the Bible that is not there. Just believe what you're reading and just take it for that. The Bible says it's so simple that even a child won't get lost. Okay, so so why are we so busy looking for something that is not there? I told you about the story when I was a student, we started this novel and we you know, in Denmark, we always brought up to think very critically. So we think, oh, maybe we offer. He was thinking that, and maybe we offer was thinking that, and and so on. We we had a lot of discussion about what we offer meant about this novel. And when someone came up with the brightest, brightest solution, he said, "Why don't we call him?" And you know, in everyone in Denmark is very accessible. You know, you, you can you can you know where you can call anyone in Denmark basically. I don't know how it is now, but at that time you could. So we came up with a good idea and we called him. So we said to him, you know, we read your novel and blah, 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 blah. And uh, so one group, they think you mean this and the other group thinks you mean that. And you know what he said? He said, I never gave any thought to that. So we made him believe, we, we, we made something out of his book that he never meant. And I'm telling you, many Christians do the same with the word of God. That we are looking for something that is not there. Okay? The Bible is not about explaining that now Saddam Hussein he invaded Iran and this is the beginning of uh, Armageddon or, or Putin or whatever it may be. We, this is not what the Bible is about. The Bible is about that we should manifest the kingdom of God here on earth. And by the way, what, can, what difference does it make anyway if, if this and that and the other, there's nothing I can do about it anyway. Okay. now now something come up again in Denmark and the Danes were really weird weird people that everything comes when I was a young believer it started out, that was when the the beginning of debit cards came out and you know, we as believers, we always scared of anything new so the Christians they did not want a debit card because that was the beginning of a cashless society okay, so we do not want the debit card okay and my, my mentor it was funny you, know, like you could all, you, you, know, he, you know he used to carry his wallet in his back pocket he could not sit down because he would not use the debit card so he had all the cash so like, when you saw him walking, it was this big bulk on, on the backside, because he would not use debit cards. And because he had this idea of, this is the beginning of the Antichrist society. But I'm telling you, even if it was, what can you do about it? Oh yeah, but, but this is uh, it's the beginning of the, the number of the beast, and blah, 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 blah. This is also completely stupid. When you hear these things, just let it go in through one ear and out of the other. Because all it does to people is just to bring fear. Okay, yeah, I, was, I was told by, by this thing about that the, the mark on your forehead and the mark on your hand, okay, this is actually something that happened in the Roman time. You have to understand, you have to read the Bible out of context. But when you, when, when you trade it at, a Roman, at the market in Rome, you have to make sacrifice to the emperor. And then the ashes has to be put on your hand, on your forehead, and when you could trade in that market, it was not about that sometime in 21st century there goes to be a microchip or or whatever that may be. This is just our interpretation into it. It's not, so don't be scared of Someday they're going to force me if I don't have a number. No, it's not going to happen. Okay? This is just human fantasies that's trying to explain why the world looks like the world lo- looks like and the only reason why the world looks like the way it looks like it is because we as a church <clears throat> we had been busy with something that is not important. You know but when um, when the Welsh the revival happened here in Wales uh, which maybe was one of the greatest outpourings of the holy spirit since the day of pentecost um the Germans, the, the German priest Now you have to understand. At that time, uh, Germany was one of maybe the most sophisticated uh, culture in Europe. You know, uh, you know there was a lot of uh, German philosophers, uh, authors, and musicians that that has uh, that you probably don't hear a lot about in England. But Germany was one of the most sophisticated countries in the world. But when the Welsh revival started. And it starts spreading. Um, my denomination in Denmark, where I was born again, came from Wales. There was a Danish actress. Actually, I remember when I had my birthday, there was this elderly couple from Denmark. And one of them, uh, he, it was his auntie who came to Wales. And when she came into the meeting in Wales, someone said, to her, in the meeting, "We said to her, I say to you, Uh, my servant, and called her out by name, you know, like her full name, and that was before internet or whatever, and when she was told, go back to your own country and become an apostle, and when she started the apostolic church in in Denmark, and so on and so forth. But they received it there, but in the German priesthood in Germany, they said, we do not want a British revival. We want a German revival. And what happened was that that when you're rejecting what God has for you, God withdraws. But the problem is that when God withdraws, there is a vacuum and that vacuum will always be filled. It's not because the devil is powerful, but it's because there is a vacuum. Okay. And, uh, and that's where the Nazis come. If you study with Nazis, it, it is really basically like an anti-revival. If you can, uh, you know, uh, Hitler, he managed to turn the German economy around in within a year or two. You know, er, there was no unemployment in Germany. Everything was, you know, uh, people were starving. Uh, he killed the inflation, uh, you know, they have hyperinflation, can you imagine? A loaf of bread costed 10,000 Deutschmark in the morning, and it costed 40,000 in the evening. <laughs> this was how the inflation was running rampant in that country. But it started with the church withdrew. Okay? And, and and it's the same thing that we see here. Many Christians, We say, you know, no, why is this happening in our society? Why is that happening in our society? Why is why do the government make all these unlawful laws and so on, it's not because the devil is powerful, it's because we as the body of Christ, over the years we have been exposed to wrong teaching about Jesus come back soon, Jesus come back soon. And then many people, they thinking, yeah, so what is the point being having education? What is the point uh, building for my future if Jesus come back soon? So what happened was that we as the body of Christ, we withdrew from society. And now again, what happens is, so when we withdraw, other people go in. And that's why we have all these un- uh, un- un-biblical laws and so on, because we have withdrawn. Because we miss this thing that we have been given power. Jesus said to the disciples, you have been given power. You can reign and rule in that area that you have been placed in. In Romans it says, we shall reign with Christ. Amen. You shall reign that, that means that you you bring the kingdom of God where you are. It's not that when you get a job that you are blessed. No, that job is blessed because they got you. Why? Because you bring the kingdom with you. But the disciples are so focused on when is he going back? When is he going back? And when Jesus said, no one knows. What, what does that mean? Because it's not important. Get, can you man? Can you man? If we are all running around thinking, when am, I going to die? when am 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 I going to die? If you live like that all the time, wait, 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 there's no point. Oh yeah, I only have 70 years, you know, and oh, 70 years is not a long time. 80 years, oh, is not a long time. But you know, no, we can't. That's not how we should live. We should live with the life that we have been given. And the same as believers that and Jesus said, I have given you power. But you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you. And then he says, this is what we And you shall be witnesses. And you shall be witnesses. You shall be witnesses. Mm-hmm. No, that talks about that. It didn't say you shall be theologians. It doesn't say that you should be a, a preacher. It doesn't say you should be an apostle. It doesn't say you should be a prophet or a teacher. Whatever title you can find, it says you shall be a witness. And do you know what? When you have met Jesus, you got a story with Jesus. And I'm telling you, that story you have with Jesus is the most powerful thing that you have got. And do you know what the devil does? Oh, he, he makes your story look very insignificant. And when he compares with someone, no. That story that you have with Jesus... No one can take away from you. If, if, if your relationship with Jesus is just a teaching, someone else can probably be more articulate and, and undermine your teaching, but no one can take away your story with Jesus, your witness. So he said, you shall be witnesses. Uh, you heard me say so many times, when I became a Christian, I knew absolutely nothing about Jesus, but I could say I met him. And you know what? No one could take that away from me. Uh, people said laughter laughing at me it couldn't take it away from me people persecuting me they, they couldn't take away uh, take it away from me because we witness that I, my story with Jesus No one could take it away. That's why when when, when Jesus paid my bills, no one could tell me, oh, that's prosperity is not for today. That was too late. When I saw people being healed, it was too late for them to say, no, the healing stopped with the first apostles or so on, whatever doctrinal thing they had. It was too late. When, 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 I, when I say you know, in Denmark we have a big discussion about are you getting baptized as an orphan or as a baby or are you getting baptized after you believe and so on. And when I my experience when I got baptized, no one could take it away from me. Mm-hmm. They might throw a lot of doctrinal things and whatever at me, but they could not steal my story. And just like with you, you have a story with Jesus mm-hmm. and you know, keep sharing it. Keep sharing it. Keep sharing it because that is how the kingdom of God will expand through you. We are called to be witnesses. We are not called to have knowledge. I know people, you know, no, sorry, we don't hear <clears throat> hear a lot about it today, but uh, when I became a Christian, this thing about speaking in tongues, it was a lot. Some people say, it's the devil. When we are in the Chinese church, it's the devil. No, 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 this is something you're just making up on your own and so on. No, it's not. I mean, when you speak in tongues, if you notice something, your mind can still function. But if you speak speaking your uh, natural language, your mind has to listen to what you're saying. But you can speak in tongues and think of something else. But you cannot speak English and then think of something else. That's why we're speaking. So, so when people said, oh, this is this is offering. no, it's not. And I remember when, shortly after I became a believer, my best friend, his mom died <clears throat> of cancer. He was not a Christian, or, because uh, and uh, and I I can remember it was such a heavy burden upon me. Uh, you know, some you could feel it physically, really. And I remember that I didn't know how to pray. I didn't know anything. So the only thing I knew what to do was just pray in tongues. And I think I prayed in tongues for two or three days at that time. And I can still remember, because it was on my way to, uh, to to university, I remember I had to walk through a forest. And I remember the sp- still that day when I walked through a forest, and in the middle of that forest, after i have been praying in tongues for so long, suddenly it just all lifted. Mm-hmm. No, that heavy burden, it just all lifted. Okay? And so, so, so when later on when people said to me now this praying in tongues is just something, you know, it was too late because I had a story with Jesus. Okay, that's why that <clears throat> when King David, or when he was da- still David, I don't know if you're reading the story in the First Samuel 17, he cuts off the head of Goliath, and then he's running around with the head. But but after that, he takes the sword of Goliath. And you see the persecution that David goes through. He he had to escape from his uh, homeland. He ended up in the wilderness. He had to pretend he's uh, he's crazy and all sorts of things he goes through. But in the midst of this, he always had his story with God because he had the sword of Goliath. And that no one could take away from him. You know, he could have been in doubt sometimes. Did Samuel really anoint me as a king? Because what I'm looking at is a cave. It does not look like a palace. The people I'm supposed to rule, they're persecuting me and want to kill me and all sorts of crazy things. But he had the sword. He had his story with Jesus. And that's what made him to hold on. Okay? So you shall be witnesses. You shall be witnesses. Okay? Uh, and then it says, to, and you shall be witnesses unto me both, notice this, both, both in Jerusalem, and in all Judea, and in Samaria, and unto the uttermost part of the earth. Notice again, both, it means at the same time. How can I be four far places at the same time? Unless you are a split personality. So how can you be split? You know, This is where people don't talk. A part of it is our giving. Do you know, I, I don't know when my comments a shocked for you. That uh, every month when you get your salary, they are not paying you for your beautiful brown eyes. Did you know that? No, I didn't know that. <laughs> They're paying you The you know, that salary represents your life. I don't know how many hours do you work a day now, fourteen or something like that a day. So that salary represents that. So when you and I we giving a sewing or whatever, we actually giving a part of our this is a part of our life. Okay, now, I, I know that the body of custom misabuse is a lot. Because one of the things I noticed that every website you look at, every Christian website you look at, is always the most prominent button on the website. Donate. Donate. Okay, and and, and that is an abuse of it, because it's something that should come voluntarily from each one. Okay, but the thing is that, that the... As I said to someone, because he was asking for money, so I said to him that uh, why do I need to pay you to do what God have asked you to do? If God have asked you to do it, why has God not provided for you? Okay, that does not mean we shouldn't be generous. Okay, but it should come from ourselves. No, we shouldn't be given, we shouldn't, give it, I, 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 I'm a firm believer of this thing, that anything that is funded by charity, it will never last. Okay, it will never last, because everything has to be self-sufficient. So, Self, you know, just like when you and I, we were children, we lived at home and so on and so forth, and maybe when we started out in life. When our parents helped us a little bit in the beginning, but we cannot carry on living on our parents' handout. We have to be self-sufficient because our parents will not be around forever. Okay, and and that's so I said to this guy, you know, you you need to be self-sufficient because or else it won't last. No, uh, main John fifth John. What is it, John? Uh, John 15:4 it talks about remain in me, remain in me. It talks about always have that supply. And if you watch any kinds of the news, is that wars are not won by weapons, is won by supply. Okay, it's won by supply. Anyway, let, but let me just jump to verse 11 now. So, so Jesus has ascended. And the disciples, can you uh, I no I I can I can fully understand the disciples. Can you imagine you, you seeing someone going up into the sky and then he disappears? Of course you'll be looking upwards. Okay? No, no, we wouldn't be looking upwards. We would all stand with our phone. <laughs> okay? Anyway, when and when now not only that now can you you know it's quite powerfully and now we've seen Jesus disappear up in the sky and now, an angel appears. It's actually quite a crazy moment. Mm-hmm. Jesus. <laughs> I mean, we standing there? When suddenly an angel stands and <laughs> It's okay. But notice what the angel says. So Let's go from verse. In. And while they look steadfastly towards heaven, as he went up, behold, Two men stood by them in white apparel, which also said, You men of Galilee, why stand you gazing up in he- into heaven? You know, I find it, yeah, a, why are you standing looking up in the sky? I said, Did you not see? But now we're, we're talking from God's perspective here, because we're, angels don't have their own message. Okay? So they say, Why are you standing up looking in the sky? You men of Galilee, why stand you gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as you have seen him go into heaven. Okay? When we turn, they unto Jerusalem. So basically, say, why why keep staring up? Has, has he not told you in verse 8 what to do? So why are you spending your time looking into the sky? And this is what the majority of charismatic Christians are doing today. They're staring up in the sky. And the life is rolling away from them. Okay? As you know, why are you looking up into the sky? Have you not read verse 8? No, that's not what we said. But you know, but he said, he has already told them what to do. Don't stand with your sky. Get busy with what you're supposed to do. Jesus already told you, you shall be witnesses in Judea, Israel, Samaria, and the rest of the world. Be busy with that. Don't stand there with your head in the sky and say, "Oh, He really is coming back, you needs to come." And you know, and if I can do that another day. But you know what is interesting? The disciples didn't get it because of what happened was they had meetings in the Jerusalem church. They had the best worship leaders. They had the best musicians. They have all the apostles, they, have, they could all share stories about, yeah, we walked with Jesus, I we mean, did this and we did that, and he, can you remember when he made uh, fish and chips out of nothing, and so on, so blah, 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 you know, everything was, uh, and, and can you remember when he stole that little boy's lunchbox, and you know, that's what, can you imagine if that has been today, When newspaper would have said, preacher stole little boy's lunch. Okay. Anyway, uh, but what happened in church history in the book of Acts, you see the the Jerusalem church comes under persecution. Why is it like that? It's because they didn't do what Jesus asked them to do, go and be witnesses to all the world. So what happened was persecution came upon the early church. What happened was the church spread and later on the center of Christianity was no longer Jerusalem. It became Antioch. This is where the Apostle Paul is sent out from into the world. And the thing is that when you are, and that would be my last point, if you're under persecution, if you're under pressure and so on, and, and you think things are not going your way, what you should do, go and bless someone. Go and bless someone. Okay? Go, you know, when Eli- Elijah was depressed, he just killed all the Baal's prophets and so on. When when uh, Jezebel says a few words, he once away get depressed. And when God says to him, "Go and anoint this man to become a king. Go and anoint, uh, call out uh, uh, what uh, Elisha." And so, on. but what 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 he say, what he said to him, forget about yourself, reach out, be a witness. You know, in my you know that when 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 I'm in this situation, I always force myself to. Oh, who can I call? Who can I who can I bless? What can I do? for this? Because when you forget yourself, and in forgetting yourself, God will work things out for you. Amen. <laughs> so, so his, so we so the angels said, don't spend your time looking into the sky. Don't spend your time about if this be end time, is this the last days, or is this horse or that horse or, or whatever. Don't, don't worry about these things. Just get busy with what you're supposed to do. You know that I spoke to Pastor Sergey in Kiev yesterday. I think he, had, you know, he have still holding meetings all over the place in Ukraine, in Kiev, in that area, and uh, he doesn't talk about the, the bombardment, the missiles, attacks, and so on and so. Forth. He's talking about preaching the gospel because the gospel needs to get out. So uh, and and I sometimes I expecting that uh, is he's depressed and so on and so forth. No, he no because he's busy being a witness of the gospel. You know, we, if we don't talk politics. We don't talk about uh, is Putin winning or whatever it may be. Because this is not important. What is important is preaching the gospel. Because people need to get saved. People need to realize there is a living God. Amen. So be busy, okay? Be busy. Where, just to summarize it, be careful what you hear, the advice you hear. Because your friends can either make or break you or The voice that you hear can either make or break you, okay? The the thing is, if you fail, so-called fail, no, you're not failed. You're just on the right path. You're not the only one. And the only remedy for that, keep keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Because you will see it happen. The problem with us is that sometimes when we have an image of where we want to be, have you noticed, we also very quickly get a path of how we're going to get there. But many of times I've found in my life, the path for me to get there is not the path that God has for me. Uh, My path is straight. okay. God's path is like a a few to the left, a few to the right, a few up and down, backwards and forwards, and uh, and then suddenly we're there. Okay, but it's not a straight route. That's why we walk by faith. And in that process of doing that, I'm just going to be a witness. I'm just going to be a witness. Okay, it, it is so, I'm, you know, but I when I started out preaching, I used to preach in the most religious churches uh, that was in Denmark. Where, uh, the Methodist churches, the you know the high, what we would call high Anglican churches, and so on, and people couldn't understand that I could pray for the sick and all sorts of places, in these, because they don't believe in these things. But the thing is, that because I, I didn't, I, my my way of doing it is very, you know, it's very simple. So, and and because of, I just shared with my testimony. Okay, and, uh, and in that process, I just kept being a witness, kept being a witness, kept being a witness. And you know what? When let God lead you step by step. Amen? But don't quit. Don't let a setback define you, okay? Don't let a failure define you. Just keep moving on. If you giving up, can you imagine if David gave up in the cave of Adulam? Now, he was not a king. And his story would have stopped there. But he didn't quit. So we didn't remember him as the cave master, we remember him as the king. Why? Because he didn't quit. You know, Jesus, he was tempted to quit in the garden of Gethsemane. He said, if this cup can go past me, it will be. But what did he say then? But not my will, but yours. And we all are in these places sometimes where we just feel like giving up and so on. But my word to you is, keep going. You can do it. Amen. You can do it. And you will see it through. Don't, don't look at the process. Look at where you're going to be. And the way you're going to get there, I'm telling you, you will get there. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you.